0: called, Where is God? And um, to begin with, I'm going to ask you guys a question. What does a gourmet mushroom, a vintage fountain pen, and a rare car part have in common? part, <laughs> Ushers. Well, that's true, but there are also things that can be found in unexpected places, right? A chef will tell you that you find the best mushrooms in a deep and, you know, dark and damp forest, in dead trees and under rotten logs, that's where the best mushrooms are. A collector will tell you that in those junk shops, on the dustiest shelves, in the bins that nobody's been in for a long time, that's where you'll find the greatest, uh, greatest treasures. And I know from my own experience back in the 90s, I was trying to restore a 1960 Rambler ambassador, four-door sedan with a push-button transmission. Eat your heart out, Jim. (laughs) I got close, too. But the best thing about that was going down to the salvage yards here, the pick-apart yards, And going all the way back to the very back of the junkyard where no one had been in probably decades. And that's where I'd find the AMC, you know, the the, the Ramblers back there. And I could pick apart. The thing is, good things, great things, can be found often in unexpected places. And that goes for God, where we find God. Now, We're going to be looking at that over the course of this series, some of the places where people find God. But we're also going to be asking ourselves this question, why is it that many people these days are not looking for God in the place where most of us, and at least in the past, we always expected to find God, in the church? Why aren't they looking there? Now, the fact is, people are looking for God. People are seeking Him. Only about 5 to 15% of people call themselves absolutely irreligious. In other words, they have a real antagonism towards God, or they're really super against God. 85% of people are either faithful believers or they're somehow searching for God. They're seeking God. Now, out of that group that is seeking God, looking for God, are open to God, most of those come from the largest living generation right now in the United States, millennials, people born roughly between 1981 and 1996. These are people from that group particularly that are making up the fastest growing religious group in the United States called nuns. N-O-N-E-S. People who say they believe in God, but if you ask them what their religious affiliation is, you ask them what their religion is, they'll say none. No religious affiliation. These are people who, they're seeking God, they believe in God, but they're not going to look for God where there are pastors and Bibles and communion and confessions and crosses, anything churchy. They're looking for God in unexpected places and in unconventional ways, and there are a lot of reasons for that. A few of those we'll look at over the course of the series, but for now, I think suffice to say, a lot of people, especially in that age cohort, um, are uncomfortable sometimes with the dogmatism that they'll find in church. They're uncomfortable with the idea of absolute truth claims. Now, that's kind of a problem because, you know, if you're in a Bible-believing church you're going to confront lots of absolute truth claims. Last two months, we were in that series called Issues with God, and I was surprised how every single one of those issues would turn me back and would turn us back to fundamental truth claims, like God made the universe, like God designed human beings, that God cares about and loves us and cares about how we live. That's an absolute truth claim that a lot of people are uncomfortable with these days. Another reason people will cite for not rushing to church to find God is they say when they get to church, they feel like they're really in a very alien kind of environment, that church can seem a little clubby, a little insular, that sometimes the vocabulary that we use, the rituals we perform, even the music that we sing can make people feel left out and and, and sort of in a a place where they don't believe they can ever really crack that code. Now, some of those things, as I say, we'll be looking at, but for today, I want to talk about another reason, and that is that people are truly finding God, they're experiencing God, they're having an experience with God in unexpected places and in unconventional ways. And I think that as Christians, we should recognize that and acknowledge that, that people are having real experiences with God in places we might not expect. And we should even celebrate that. Because as Christians, we really believe that the Holy Spirit, as we talked about last week, The Holy Spirit is always present and always working and always trying to use everything in our lives, everything, all of our experiences to draw us to God and to nudge us towards God. If this is what the Holy Spirit does, and it's limitless how the Holy Spirit can reach into and speak to and grab hold of a person Jesus said in in the book of John, he's speaking to Nicodemus, and he says about the Holy Spirit, he says, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. That Holy Spirit is not limited in the way that he can grab hold of people. The Holy Spirit is not limited we sometimes can limit ourselves or limit what we think God can do or the way that God can, can reach people. One of the great examples of that, I think, is in uh, the book of First uh, Kings. And you'll know this story if you went to Sunday school. It's the story of Elijah, remember? Elijah was the prophet of God, and he was in a real tough scrape. He had people who were pursuing him, wanted to kill him. So he goes up onto a mountain and he finds refuge in a cave. But, of course, as soon as he gets there, what does he do? He cries out to God. He wants to know what he should do next. He's looking for guidance. He's looking for God to speak to him. Well, God impresses upon him that he should go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, it says, for the Lord is about to pass by. So Elijah's like, great, here's my answer. He goes out, and he goes to the mouth of the cave, and he's standing there, and when he gets there, sure enough a great wind, a great powerful wind came and tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks. And then as he's standing there, the whole mountain shakes, a great earthquake comes, and then a fire erupts. So Elijah, I'm sure, he's standing there, he's going, man, God is here. What are you trying to say to me, God? But the point of the story is that God was not in any of those places, that God wasn't there. was after all that passed away, God came to Elijah in a gentle whisper. As many of us remember learning it, in a still, small voice. It tells us a lot about ourselves and our expectations of God. When we're asking, where is God? So often we're waiting for the big, dramatic reveal. You know, we're waiting for the, the big moment, the profound answer. When what God is really asking us to do is to rest a minute. Maybe just look around and look a little harder, listen a little deeper to the everyday, to our circumstances. And then maybe what God is doing is trying to reach us in a heart and in a mind that is truly available to Him wherever we might be. God comes to us. As you know, in all kinds of places, all kinds of circumstances, God finds people at gravesides. God finds people in hospital rooms. God finds people in prisons. God finds people so often at the end of a bottle when the liquor is gone and all hope is also drained dry. God finds people. When a child is born, tragically when a child dies, God finds people in that sunrise that is so stunning. It begs the question, can this really have come by accident? God meets us where suddenly there's this feeling of great joy and contentment, and we don't know why. God finds people in those moments of crisis. Sometimes, not as often, God finds us in those great moments of triumph. The point is, we can find God anywhere. But maybe even more to the point, God finds us. Wherever we are, God finds us. So those nuns, people who aren't looking for God in church, well, they're, they're not that far off. They're not that far off to be seeking God in those unconventional places, those unexpected places. The prophet Jeremiah says that God told him this. God said, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. God seeks us. God makes himself available to us. And we can find God unexpected places. The thing about it is, though, once we find God, or when God finds us, what do we do with Him? (laughs) And so often that is the predicament of people who find God in unexpected places. All right, I've had this experience. Uh, Now what? Now what do I do? And that is where we really do need This place, we really do need the family of God, the community of God, the church that God has brought together. Because, well, it's true. There are a lot of places where God can be found. Faith in God needs fertile ground in order to take root and then to finally grow. So for that, we really do need the community, we really do need the family of God. Now, there are a lot of problems with church and a lot of troubles in the church. We all know that. But church also provides certain opportunities and challenges that really can't be found anywhere else. For People who have just found God, the church is that place where they should be able to come and begin to make sense of what they found. For those people who are trying to find their footing in faith, the church should be the kind of place where they can come and find support and encouragement, especially as they begin to understand or begin to get a grip on what God wants them to do to change their lives. When that comes in conflict with what the world is saying they should do in their lives, You need that family of the church. You need that community. You need that support. The church, I think, almost more than anything, is also that place where children can come and understand that there is a place, and this becomes so important, I think, later as they grow, that the church is a place where they can come to find refuge to know that there is a place, there is a body of people who are in the world, I mean they can find them, they know where they are, but they're not of the world. Our priorities are different, our values are different. In the church, hopefully, we, we, we give children a place to know that they are loved no matter what. Jesus, I think, has a cool definition of this family of God, and it comes in Matthew. Uh, Chapter 8, Jesus is uh, talking uh, to his disciples, but he says, My mother and my brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. My mother and my brothers, in other words, my family, are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Again, for people who are searching for God and find God. The next step is to understand that plan that God has for them, that God has for all of us, and then put that plan into action. It's a definition and a challenge to people. But, you know, this definition of the church is also a challenge to the church itself. That people need to come here and find this place, that place, where God's Word is is preached and put into practice. The church is always challenged to be that kind of place where people who come in, who have found God, can come in and find actual welcome and actual nourishment and actual nurture in the people. The church is always challenged, always challenged to take that love that we claim to have for God, that love that we claim to have for each other, and make it more and more real, more and more sincere. The church is always, always challenged to take that love that we say we have for God and let it translate into joyful and enthusiastic worship. And let's just face it, every church has that challenge. That's the challenge of complacency. Listen, when we're cooking with gas, when we are working on all those cylinders, when the church is doing all those things, then it actually can become a place where people can find the answer to that question. Where is God? Where is God? Jesus, just before he he died... He prayed. He prayed with his disciples. He prayed with his family of God. He prayed with his community. He prayed for them, but he also prayed for you and for me and for everybody who would come in the future, asking that question, where is God? He prayed this way. He said, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us the world may believe that you have sent me. The people of God, Jesus' people, are those people, wherever they are and however they're groping their way towards God right now, it's those people who would desire to be one with Jesus, one with God, and one with others. And then who beyond that have a desire to serve others, to minister to others the way Jesus did, by opening up His arms and embracing them, leading them, helping them in those moments when they have found God wherever and however that has occurred. It's our opportunity, it's our uh, challenge to be that kind of church, to be that kind of people, the kind of people who understand that, yeah, God can be seen all around us, and then be alert to those people who are looking in their experiences, in their needs, at their point of need, and maybe direct them towards how God might be speaking to them today. Next week, we are going to be asking a question of how it is that sometimes as we begin our walk in faith, or even after we've been in faith for a long time, the change that we desire to see in ourselves isn't always exactly the same as the change that God desires for us. But this week, I just ask you to continue So let that roll around in your mind today that God is really reaching out to us in all kinds of places in unexpected ways. And whether we've been in church a long, long time or whether we are just beginning on that, that journey, God is reaching out to us right now. And He's reaching out to us with the same purpose in mind to draw us into deeper and more meaningful Relationship with Him. Let's just remember that every single morning, no matter how long we've been in this journey of faith, that's the question we should be asking ourselves. Where is God? And opening our minds and opening our hearts to a new and maybe surprising answer. Amen. All right. Well, today, as I say, we are going to...